Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. You're listening to The Real Down, sponsored by Catch Photo Release Tournaments. This is your premier tournament source. Here are your hosts, Sam Jones and Dan Perry. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Down on Paddle and Finn. This is your host, Sam Jones. Got Dan Perry with me tonight as well, and a whole gamut of the biggest names in the industry tonight. We're pretty excited about tonight's episode. This is a first for us. We don't have just one guest, but we've got four for you tonight. We're calling this the TOC Roundtable. It's going to be pretty sweet. We're going to be talking a lot about Hobie. Talking about the Tournament of Champions, some of the other hot topics going on in the industry right now. And we might have a few surprise guests as well. Uh, so we'll see if anybody pops in here. But uh, hang on tight, guys. This is going to be a good one. I'm ready. You ready, Dan? Dan froze up. Dan's so ready, he froze up. Man, he's, so, he's so excited. There he is. He's back. You with us, Dan? I never left. I was always here. <laughs> All right. So let's do it. The uh, first, let's go around the go around. Say everybody, say their name. Tell a little about bit a little bit about yourself. We'll start with Jody. Yeah, my name is Jody Queen. Uh, I'm from Bluefield, West Virginia. Uh, I just uh, recently uh, got back from the TOC in in uh, Washita, where I garnered the first place finish, and I'm still kind of reeling from it. So. If I get kind of, uh, if I get my tang tangled tonight, you'll understand, won't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, we will. And uh, what other, uh, and you're a bona fide guy, right? I am. All right. Next we have Eric. Um, you you want to say your name and tell us all about yourself, Eric? Yeah, my name is Eric Thomason. I live in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, Fished three Hobie events this year, two events, and then qualified for the TOC. I, I just got back Monday from Washita. Actually went out there with your next guest, Jordan Marshall, and uh, come in seventh. Um, had a top ten, had a nice check, and just had a great experience. Uh, fished out of a PA-14 and uh, fished for Frontier Outdoors in Kingston, Tennessee. And the local trail I fish with is called Ten Cat, and we're actually – kicking off our season on Saturday. So it's it's, it's kind of gone to where it's a year-round type scenario. There used to be a little bit of a break, but now it just kind of goes straight through winter. So. Dude, we, he froze up again. All right. Well, while while he's froze up and uh, we're waiting for him to come back, Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself, my man. My name is Jordan Marshall. I'm from Maryville, Tennessee. I just got back from uh, the TOC. Me and Eric actually uh, rode there together and back. Um, finished fifth place down there. Um, 
uh, fish for the same club that Eric does. Uh, we actually live pretty close and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the, the TOC was a great event. And again, you know, thanks to AJ and all the people at Hobie, uh, they run a fantastic event and I fished, uh, three events this year plus the TOC. So total of four and cashed a check on all four of those. And, um, each one seemed to be better ran than the last one. So nice, nice. Speaking of AJ, the man himself in the house tonight. What's up, dude? Hey guys, how's it going? I'm I'm working through some uh some post tournament uh speaking uh, issues, a little under the weather. So uh, bear with me tonight, guys. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel you, man. I'm uh, dealing with a little uh, head cold myself. So, but the show must go on, you know. That's right. That's right. No time. No time for uh, stopping and resting. Apparently. <laughs> yeah no not not in this industry at least not at uh not at the level we're doing it huh that's right and uh you know for those people uh that don't know i'm just uh just a kayak angler a fisherman from lexington kentucky uh, i'm full-time nomad uh on the road these days in the southeast and then all over the country uh, as a representative for hobie but also as the uh the director for the hobie bass open series so it's uh it's been uh, a fun first year, and I appreciate all the support from you guys. And uh, excited to come and talk about the uh, the culmination of uh, our first year with you all. Yeah, dude, we're we're excited to have you guys on here tonight to talk about that. And I mean, uh, generally, you start by telling the beginning of the story and work your way to the end. But tonight, I want to start with where we ended, and that was the tournament of champions and crowning the first Hobie Bass Open Series champion. Mr. Jody Queen, let's talk about that real quick. Jody, congratulations, first off. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. No problem, man. No problem. This, I mean, it's a huge win, and, you know, you're, you've been in the game from the beginning, you know, um, and you've seen, you've seen the progression of this sport, the different series, the different clubs, all that kind of stuff, and then to come out on top of this one, I couldn't think of a, a better person to claim the victory here. But uh, just want to get your take on all of this real quick. And I'm not just talking about the Tournament of Champions. I'm talking about this Hobie series in this, as a whole, um, you know, as someone who's got some experience and been in the industry as long as you have. What's your overall take on on the, this Hobie thing? Oh, man, I, you know, hands down, the BOS series is the best tournament series that, I, that I've been a part of uh, since I've been doing this. It's just it's, it's ran uh, in such a way that it it focuses on the angler. And, uh, you know, when you walk into one of these events, it's you feel it as soon as you walk through the door. It's it's uh, it's very well done. And like I say, the focus is on the angler. And, you know, the food is great. They feed you every day. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in, man. But, uh, but, yeah, and I mean, the guest speakers they have, I mean, we've had Mike Iconelli, we've had Randy Howe, you know, uh, it's just a, and it's a pathway to a dream, you know. I mean, being able to uh, represent your country in, in, in an event like the Worlds is, is just a, you know, it's a bucket list thing. And, you know, ever since I've seen Ron Champion win that, that first Worlds there, I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the, awesome. uh, the satellite tournaments came up, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have one close to me. I, I live very close to the New River, and I fished it for uh, many, many years. And, uh yeah, and I, I qualified through the, the satellite tournament on the New River in West Virginia. So, yeah, I was very fortunate to uh, to be where I'm at, man. 
And oh, I, awesome. I, I have a question with that. I, I know you're from up there, New River. Now yeah. that you've won twenty thousand dollars plus all the other checks back behind you, are you a lake guy too? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've, I've cut my teeth on the rivers all my life, and so the lake fishing thing was kind of new to me. And uh, and contrary to popular belief, uh, I just started really fishing full time about three years ago. Uh, this is my this is my about three and a half years in now, and. Uh, you know the lakes were a stumbling block for me they really were and uh, but you know this community is 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 so free with information and and uh, you know you can come a long way in a short period of time just because the anglers are so helpful so you know uh, if i didn't have that i'd probably still be stumbling over my electronics but i've learned so much on them here in the past past year that it's, it really helped me in the toc and so you know, a kudos to all my, my fellow anglers, you know, kayak anglers out there because I'm here because of, of the information that they've shared with me and helped me through my stumbling blocks. And and uh, I really appreciate them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well I'm, I'm sorry. My man Dan's breaking up again on us and freezing up on us. So um, I don't want tonight to be a, uh, a turn necessarily a tournament recap, but I do want to ask you a couple questions about that tournament. Uh, before we do that, though, I kind of want to go around around the table here uh, with with Eric and Jordan and kind of ask you guys, you know, your overall take on this series as well. Now we know Jody's all about food, and uh, you know when when AJ, I, I have a feeling AJ is a smart guy. AJ is a smart guy. You know, when he was uh, when he was going through and and working with Hobie to put this together, I think one of the first things on the list was, hey, if we feed them well, they're gonna love this tournament series, come back. and they're gonna keep coming back for more. So, but uh, so no surprise to hear Jody say that. But Eric, let's start with you. Let's get your overall take on on this trail in this series as well after the inaugural year. Well, I, I'm not as fortunate as Jody. This is a secondary activity for me. I've got a pretty stressful full-time job. But, um, you know, I look at it, and Jody was absolutely spot on. You know, there, there, you have a choice as an angler where you want to compete. And I've been doing this for about three years, and I've done a little bit of everything. And it's just – it's not even close to compare what Hobie does in regard to truly, you know – understanding that the responsibility of, of the tournament, the tournament director and AJ and Kevin and those guys is to, to have a, a quality angler experience. And obviously you're not going to win every tournament that you fish in. And so, you know, whether you, whether you do well or not having that experience to, to fellowship with those guys and having a consistency about how they go about their business, you, you know, after you fished one, you kind of understand, you know, the, the, the process and, you know, they, they continually make improvements. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to do, to do well at Chickamauga in some really tough weather. And then in Gunnersville, I had a really, really solid weekend. And that's how I qualified for the TOC. I came in fifth at Gunnersville. And, I mean, these guys are, are good guys. And, um, you know, they, 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 they do the right thing 100% of the time when it comes to making difficult decisions in these tournaments. And, you know, we as anglers know that there's some responsibility that, that we have the onus to fulfill, but they do the right thing. And, and I mean, if AJ says it once, he says it a hundred times. If you got questions, you're on the water, 
you got a squirrely picture, you got something calm, you will work through it, we'll work through it. And it's not the case in some of the other, some of the other events that I've, you know, that I've fished in or some of the other trails that I've fished in. So, so for my, for my money, I mean, I'm going to focus on the Hobie events and I'm, I'm thrilled to fish, you know, this upcoming season with Hobie and um, looking forward to, you know, hopefully qualifying for the TOC again. And then I think they made some great adjustments to the 2020 qualifiers and how you go about doing that for participation, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that'd be my take on it, but they do a great job and, and that's where I'll fish. Awesome. Awesome. Good insights there. Good insights. Jordan, what about you, my man? How are you feeling after this first year? I, I think Eric touched on the, the biggest point as far as uh, what I think is that's the, uh, you know, the angler, they, they really care about the anglers. You know, it was um, really refreshing when we walked into the TOC down there at Wachita and uh, you're filling out paperwork and Kevin's right there telling everybody as soon as they come in, you know, hi, this is Kevin. Congratulations on making it here to the TOC is a fantastic achievement, you know, and that, that really hit home because you get there and it's like, man, this, this is, this is awesome. This is a big deal. You know, this isn't just a regular tournament that, you know, everybody can qualify for. This is a legitimate TOC. And um, I, I think next year they've done nothing but improve. You know, I think, you know, the way they've set up how you qualify for TOC next year does nothing but kind of like help guys like me. You know, I actually got a roll-down spot from Gunnarsal this year. I, I actually finished eighth in three events and uh, got a roll-down spot from Gunnarsal. And um, I think qualifying on points does nothing but help me you know keeps me uh you know from not getting discouraged from you know not finishing in the top six or i guess it'd be the top three next year and uh i think you know that'll help a lot of participation next year all the way through the years uh, top to bottom and really looking forward to, to getting in some of those events next year and seeing what they've improved on awesome very good very good so some pretty good feedback there aj i mean that's gotta make you feel good right Oh, absolutely. But I mean, these guys have been great all year. They've been giving me feedback throughout the season, um, you know, and, and I talked to them. I, I talked to the anglers. I asked Jody about some stuff um, today to, you know, for next year. Um, you know, Ron and I talk regularly. I, you know, I had a call with Eric and uh, Jordan on the way to, to Wachita and getting their feedback on some things. Um, you know, I, for, for people that may just got into this sport like this year, um, you know, I, before this year, I was one of the guys, you know, I was, these are all my yeah. friends. These are all my peers. Um, we fished together. I've been at the 10 with Jody in year one. Um, you know, we've, we've done some amazing things together um, and fished tournaments for 30 bucks all the way up to tournaments for 500 together. So these are, these are all my friends and, and people that I look up to and, love fishing with and against and you know I, this whole thing has come about because you know i had an opportunity through hobie with the hobie bass open on kentucky lake but you know we've just continually wanted to provide new opportunities for our these anglers and and um you know that's that's what it's all about so i listen to these guys um you know the, the i've you know got one that's in my ear all the time about stuff uh you know but then there's the, 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 but but that's the thing if when you stop listening to the anglers um that's when things can get off track and you know i i, I always want to be open whether it's in the tournament or outside of a tournament to hear what people say and understanding why they're saying it now we might not agree 
we not, might not be able to make that decision right now. It might be the wrong timing, but like you got to listen to the anglers because that's ultimately what this is all about and who it's for. How Absolutely. tough has it been for you to sit back, to step back and not fish? It, it's really difficult. Um, you know, I thought that I was going to be at these events and maybe get a day in on the front end or a day in on the back end and, you know, just satisfy that itch a little bit. And it hasn't been like that at all. I don't fish at all on the front end. And on the back end, there's just really, it's on to the next one, whether it's a dealer visit or another tournament or just getting back down the road. And so I've really, it hasn't, I mean, obviously I miss fishing tournaments, but as an angler, you know, you just like to be on the water. And so I miss fishing a lot. You know, every time I, every time I post a picture, um, you know, Jody, Jody's first one sliding into my DMs telling me, nice fish, buddy. I'm um, glad to see you on the water. And that means a lot. But he knows what that is for my soul and what it is for my um, my drive to do all of these things in the sport. And, um, you know, it, it, when I get out there, I appreciate it. I, I've got to find a little bit better balance next year. Um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I You know, it there's always time to get it on the water and it might not be as much as it was last year and it might not be what it is next year, but you know, I'm excited about some new fishing opportunities next year competitively. Um, and that'll, that'll work into my schedule, um, pretty well for a couple of those events. And, um, it's, it's just, it's good to get back with those guys. I got to fish see, uh, KBF FLW this year and, um, I had to shake a lot of rust off, but it was kind of nice to get back on, on the stage and, and cash a check. So, you know, it might not be a high volume thing for me moving forward, but I'll try to take advantage of the opportunities as best I can. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I have a question. So, and then I'll, and then we'll switch gears a little bit, but real quick, talking about feedback, talking a lot about a lot of the positive feedback, and, and you kind of touched on the negative a little bit, but what was like one overwhelming, um, feed, like, constructive feedback that you got this year that you're you're already looking at making changes for next year like what would be that one thing that was coming up a lot and you guys went to the drawing board on and making some changes for next year yeah um you know i don't want to say anything out of place right now um some of that stuff can be fairly sensitive because we're kind of in a transition from 2019 to 2020 and you know i don't want necessarily to say something out of place um but we do look at a lot of stuff from the anglers um, and, and, and not just the anglers in the events, the anglers watching the events and looking for, um, you know, better ways to, to view what we're doing and anglers looking for, for, you know, some improvements and some things. Um, you know, this is a totally PC answer, but I'm just, I'm just not in a position to divulge some of those changes uh, right now because it's a, uh, it's just not fair to everybody involved uh, for me to announce it in this capacity. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, that's it, all right. It, that's it, fair. Yeah. Can, can you tell us why you got away from the satellites this year? That yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, you know, the satellites were a really cool opportunity for us in year one. And, you know, it obviously, because of the satellites, we crowned a champion. Um, and that's really what it was about. It was about giving people in different parts of the country that didn't have an, a two-day open within an hour or two or six even – uh, away from them, a chance to come out and, and in one day on a local body of water, um, you know, potentially win some good cash. But more importantly, 
get a paid entry into the the you know the 50 angler championship and despite all of that in theory um they just really weren't very popular um even our our best selling or our best um attended satellite was still lower than our worst attended open and you know we obviously as an organization could have done more in marketing those and getting more people involved but i think where we um you know our niche in this this growing competitive landscape is the like eric was talking about the the um, experience and it's really hard to provide a um you know that kind of premium experience in a single day event um and i think that we just really found what we were best at and it was you know showing an incredible return on investment um you know getting anglers in on a friday night um getting them an opportunity to network with their fellow anglers and 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 meet people and and grow which is what the sport's all about but also the challenge of a two-day tournament and the payout of a 200 dollars tournament and when you look at our numbers this past year you know, we, we pretty much, <laughs> excuse me, we averaged like 82 in our opens all across the country. And then also, um, you know, our, our satellites, we are when we average like 36. And so, you know, that's, that's not a great number. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a jump from nothing, but, um, you know, when we look at our resources and, and what we could do better at moving forward is giving people the, the two day experience, which is where it's at. I mean, I saw, an angler complaining about, um, you know, his experience at a satellite and, you know, that's not normal for these Hobie events. Like that's not what we built. That's not the experience that I think is important for our tournament anglers. And, you know, if we can't give the same, you know, experience in 13 or 10 or 11 satellites, whatever it was, then we're just, we're going to move on from them and, and put all of our efforts. I mean, I'm going to be at every single two day event next year. I'm going to be there. Um, Kevin's going to be there. I mean, we're all in on this thing and every event like Eric was touching on and Jordan, like it, you get used to it and, and, you know, you know, we check your board on the way in. Um, we're going to have a meal on the first night. Uh, you know, you get used to it and that's what it's about. And, and if it's your first time coming to one, you know, we want you to have that, that experience that makes you want to come back. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of break that down for us. And we, we totally understand you know, where you're coming from and, and, and not being able to speak to all the details just yet. So we'll get you back on, put you on the hot seat later on. Yeah. We're, we're excited about some of that stuff, but um, just with respect to people involved in, in sensitive situations, we just want to, um, you know, wait till the proper time for that, but, but we're excited to improve and excited to, to take that angler feedback and, and uh, you know, make it, make it better because there's you know we just got started we literally just wrapped up year one um right. we're at the bottom bottom floor and and we're looking with all these anglers that are excited about it looking to see where we can go from here yeah and i don't think anybody here or anyone listening to this has any doubt you guys are definitely going to make it great so uh all right well let's uh let's jump into a little bit of a tournament recap here uh jody let's let's start with you my man you know, uh, you, we heard, as you were talking earlier, you qualified through a satellite event, um, you know, came out here to Wachita. Not your first time on the lake either, huh? No, uh, actually, I did fish the FLW uh, tournament on, on Lake Wachita, and about uh, 
10 years ago, I had a chance to go up there and just look around the lake a little bit. I had a buddy that lived there in Hot Springs. So, so I, I was a little bit familiar with the lake, but uh, I hadn't really fished it before the FLW. So uh, did your experience at the FLW Cup come into play here in this event? I did something totally, absolutely opposite of what I did in the FLW. Uh, a lot of the spots were schooling during the time I was on the lake there at, uh, in the FLW. I fished a totally different area and, and used a totally different technique. Uh, I think, you know, I'm still learning these lakes and I'm still learning to, to use my electronics and, and stuff like that. And I think the, the, the biggest uh, thing that helped me on this tournament was, was my electronics. Uh, I learned a few things on how to use it and uh, I actually put it into play during this tournament like I've not used them in any other tournament before. So uh, being able to figure them out that way and, and is I think what put me, put me on the top on this one. So you want to talk a little bit about what techniques you were using in this event? Sure. I mean, I, I started out uh, on the shootout that they had before the uh, TOC. I fished it too. And I started out on brush piles because, you know, everything that I heard about Washita was, oh, man, the fish are on, the, you know, it's that time of the year, go fish the brush piles, you know. And I found brush piles in 20 feet of water during the TOC and, and I did catch a few fish off of those brush piles, but they weren't really producing uh, that well on that, you know, and basically out of aggravation, I just, I headed up a creek and got into real shallow water, you know, even though it was, we was having some cold weather. At the end of the uh, the shootout that evening, I, I was in shallow water and fish. So I knew that, you know, I knew that the, uh, I was gonna have to find shallow water for the, for the TOC in, in a flat in, in a bigger area. So the, uh, that's what I did. I pulled up Google Maps, uh, Google Earth, and uh, found where two creeks came together, and uh, and that's that's where I ended up on day one of the TOC. Okay, very good, at very what, good. At what point was it during practice? Whenever you knew that you had that you were on something serious, how, how good did you think it was? I mean, during practice, uh, I had eighty inches off of a couple brush piles, and uh, I thought that was going to be my my pattern throughout the the tournament, and uh, you know the first morning of the TOC it, it totally changed because I I just wasn't pulling fish off those brush piles like I should have been. Um, I couldn't get the fish activated. There was a few on them. I found them, and but I just couldn't get them activated. So that that's what caused me to go into the head of that creek. And uh, the creek was so small I knew it wouldn't handle me for two days. So you know that's why I found a bigger area with the same stuff on, it. and it was all stick ups and and logs and rock piles and stuff like that on that flat and i just i just went through with my electronics i spent you know probably the last hour of the of the toc of the uh, shootout just marking stuff you know because i knew those fish were in there and i i figured that was where i was going to be on day one so yeah that's that's pretty much what what caused me to go to that other area i know that you caught them on a 3 8 jackhammer right yes so what why a jackhammer over a spinner bait or a square bill or anything else that you could have thrown in that wood? You know, uh, you could probably look for the wise man on the mountain that lives in a cave with a white beard and ask him that question. <laughs> I, you know, I've pondered that for ever since I started using the jackhammer. I've been, you know, I fished a tournament on the river 
uh, last year on the Susquehanna and uh, me and a buddy of mine where we were using the same bait, we were both using jackhammers, he was using something else and uh, side by side throwing in the same holes, I was jerking fish out and he wasn't and it's just as soon as I gave him a jackhammer, we both started catching fish. So I don't know exactly what it is, but it is something. I don't know if it's the, the sound that they make or, or the action that they produce, uh, but uh, even with the jackhammer, you, you have to change it up to try to catch a fish. I mean, I, I put on a, a half ounce jackhammer because I was fishing a creek edge and that was in like seven or eight foot of water and I needed something to get, get down and they wouldn't hit the half ounce. I mean, it, it was it was that, I think it was retrieve speed because in order to get that three eighths down that deep, I, I, it was just a, a grueling slow roll. You know, and I just bump it off the wood and off the rocks and off the laydowns, and that was producing my hits. You know, my strikes. Nice. I right. see. You know, Dan wouldn't have asked that question had he been a host longer on this show. So Dan, <laughs> you know, he just came on a couple weeks ago. But uh, as I know from doing a lot of these, there are three baits everyone needs to have tied on if you want to win a tournament. <laughs> That's a jackhammer, a cinco. And a whopper plopper. Yeah. If you got one of those three things, you're good. And then if it gets real tough, like real, real tough, maybe a Ned rig. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty close to that. I keep a, uh, you know, for my top water, I'll keep a whopper plopper, of course, but I'll, I'll use a drop shot that I've just, I've started picking up that technique in the last six months. And, and, uh, and of course, that jackhammer never leaves, leaves my, my hands usually. I, I, at the uh, at lacrosse up there, I used the jackhammer up there and, and had great finishes up there too. And and at the uh, national championship, I mean, it was a jackhammer. Uh, just learning to use that bait is so versatile, and you use it in different ways uh, according to what the the bite's like. And if you can hone in on all those different techniques with it, you'll catch fish with just about anything. Are you sponsored by Z Man? I am not. Z Man, give this man a call. <laughs> <laughs> he needs some help buying his jackhammers and winning more money. Right. Come on. If anybody deserves a sponsorship. I and just I want heard you to know I lost 52 of them on that last tournament. <laughs> 52. I, I heard. 52. I heard another dude saying that you didn't have a real sponsor. I'm trying to get them to send me 52 jackhammers. 52. <laughs> I'll just take, week, I'll take two. Dang, he's going to spend that uh, man, entire 20K on jackhammers. The, the jackhammer I used in this tournament, I also used on, on the lacrosse. So, I mean, they last forever, you know. And I use the razor shads for my for my trailers. So, I mean, you know how tough they are. Everybody, I'm sure, knows how tough they are. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's crazy All how right. long I'm throwing one. Well, uh, Eric and, and Jordan... Did you guys throw jackhammers too? Um, I probably did. I probably did a little more than Jordan. Jordan, uh, Jordan wrecked them on a spinnerbait, but uh, we, you know, we practiced together, and and uh, we both like to power fish. And so, uh, day one, we we found some sanding timber, and we both kind of agreed, let's find as much of this as we can, and just go as hard as we can. And that's what we did. And every day of practice, we caught fish. I actually caught a twenty in practice, which for that lake was a big fish and I didn't realize that in practice and we caught several 17s and 18s which you know were hard to come by come Saturday and Sunday but 
Um, like like Jody, I'm a big fan of Jackhammer, and I've I've really you know improved with that over the last couple of years in, in a big way. And I, and I actually <clears throat> rigged mine a little different. Uh, I, I really like to throw the the gold blade when the sun's high, and it was out there. You know, in the in the evenings, it was really high sun. And that's the bluegill. And I I put this Yamamoto um, cowboy, and I rig oh. it. I rig it vertically, so when that goes through the water, that looks kind of like a, a fishtail swimming, and that's a kind of a unique bluegill look. And then I caught um, caught several fish on this pro square bill, which that water out there, Washita, was very clear. Mm-hmm. That's the one they call the clear shark. I know a lot of guys are secretive about what they use, but it's like you know, what you still got to catch them, so I don't mind. I don't mind to share. Yeah, that's most, true. Most of my fat most papa. What's that? Fat Papa, isn't that what uh, it is? It's not the Fat Papa. I think it's what they call the Square Bill Fifty Five. It's actually the, oh, okay. the, the thinner one. Um, but uh, and then um, pretty much any shad colored spinner bait. I, I caught fish on three things, and um, we we actually fished an area called Little Fur that several other guys fished also, and about half of us did really well, and half of us didn't do that great, and it was just littered with that standing timber and. That was new to me because we don't have that in East Tennessee, and I just thought, you know, this reeks spinnerbait and and chatterbait and squarebill, and it was it was kind of you know you're kind of you know shooting darts, you know, you're putting your lure in spots where you think there might be some fish, and you're just it's target practice, which is how I like to fish. So that's kind of what what I did. Yeah, that that area, Little Fur, is, I hadn't seen that many trees in the water since Louisiana. I mean, there were trees everywhere there, and. Uh, you know, day day one, we kind of, we both went left and made a big loop. And uh, day two, we basically just went right and fished everything else that we hadn't touched the other half of the ramp. And uh, I, I caught nine of my ten fish the two days on uh, a couple different colors of spinnerbaits. And uh, I, I caught one fish real late on day two on a little brown jig, uh, fishing a, a, a point that kind of ran under a little marina at Little Fur. So, and it was basically just cover as many trees as possible. That was, I mean, that was basically all me and Eric did was cast and keep, keep on moving. And I think I covered seven miles the first day and covered nine miles the second day. Yeah, there's definitely a ton of timber in that lake. Um, what depth range were you guys targeting though? Cause I mean, you can find timber in that lake literally from the bank to 50 foot of water or better. Um, so what uh, what area were you targeting? I, I would say that probably ninety percent of our fish come out of three foot or less. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I'd say everything less than six foot, without a doubt. And Jody, and what, was you, it, go ahead. Was that all picking up during the afternoon, whenever the sun was coming out, or was it just consistent all day? You know, it's funny. Uh, Jordan Jordan was getting limits. You know really really fast and, and 8 a.m like, most catches, of the time he gets uh-huh. limits real quick and i always tend to tend to do better in the afternoon and so i i caught fish uh i caught fish you know aj knows this i've you know fished a lot of these tournaments i'm i'm typically a big fish guy I like to fish for big fish but as i've altered my style to be more competitive you know you have to get limits in these things to you know to have any type of chance and so um you know, I'm just grinding for a limit, and and I caught I caught a lot of fish both days. I think I caught 
eight or nine fish on on Saturday and eight or nine fish on Sunday. And compared to the field, and I know Jody caught a ton of fish oh, yeah. as well, but compared to the field, that was, you know, that was something I looked at as, as fairly, you know, um, something to be proud of com- compared to the rest of the guys that had that kind of skill and ability. Yeah, I, I, I think it was only 18 limits, both days. It, yeah. it was definitely a tough fish from what I angler was telling us. You know, I think that was something that was surprising to me, both also, you know, at the cup, I expected it to be tough. We know that lake's tough in the summertime. Um, but this one, I really expected it to be a little better. I think it's just we've had such a weird cold snap this year and weird weather altogether. Um, I'm sure, AJ, when you guys were looking at your schedule for this year, the reason you picked this in the fall is just because of the the size of fish that it's known to produce, um, and you know that that it's known for that fall bite. Um, were you at all surprised by the results of this tournament? Um, I, I, yeah, actually, I was. Um, you know, we we there was a lot of variables that go into picking locations and especially with a, a, a venue like the, the Tournament of Champions. We wanted it to be a, a special experience for our anglers, you know, a good resort uh, kind of community that we had everybody into. Big shout-out to Mountain Harbor Resort. They were incredible hosts. But we also, you know, the lake is – it can be a challenge. Um, and, and we know that, but we thought the potential for the fall would be better. Um, and – based on some of the things that we heard a week ago, it was um, some of the anglers that got down a little bit earlier, uh, you know, maybe pre-fishing the previous weekend. Um, they were on some different stuff. And, you know, for people that maybe hadn't heard, you know, there was a pretty strong weather pattern that came through the week of the tournament, so dumped a lot of rain into the lake, dropped down to some really cold temperatures. And this time of year, that just kind of, changes things a little bit um and and so i think that it was a combination of all of those things that kind of made that impact um you know and now when i um happened to to do well in the flw tournament there my average was a 15 and a half inch fish and when you look at like i think third place their average was a 15 and a half inch fish in this one so it fished very very similar as far as the the targeted size um, but it was a challenge for our anglers. And I think the championship, you know, it's fun to go out and whack them. I mean, we all like to catch a bunch of fish and catch big fish. But I think when you're fishing in a championship with a lot of notoriety, some big dollars, qualifications, there needs to be an element of challenge there. And that's what the anglers kept telling me that week. They were like, yeah, I'm from California. Um, I hope this thing's tough. They want it to be yeah. tough. They came in one the bite to be challenging because it's an equalizer and it, yeah. and it's, you know, figuring out a bite when it's tough is different than just, you know, catching them left and right. And, uh, so that's one of those things that, you know, as we contend in, in November is a tough time of year. So let's, you know, this thing's going to be set up for November next year and it's probably not going to be an easy tournament next year either. Um, we might be getting snowed on next year. You know, you never know. And so, the thing about that Jody's is, shaking you know, his head like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could have, we could have been snow- it snowed the next day after, you know, everybody else went home, but 
it went from 60 degrees to 20 degrees on Lake Wachita on Monday. And it went from nothing but rain to spitting ice to spitting snow. Um, and when I was loading my kayaks up at the end of that week, I mean, I had, I had some freeze on them. And so it can happen. You know, November is not a time of year where, um, you know, Mother Nature necessarily gives you her best offering, but you can also nail it. And we had two really good, really good weather days for the TOC. It was chilly in the morning, uh, but it got really nice. I was watching all the anglers take their boots and bibs off, and there were like piles of socks in the corners of kayaks. Um, by the end of the day in their fish pictures. Um, but, you know, that's that's this time of year, no matter where you're fishing. It's, uh, you know, you, when you can get that 50, 60 degree sun at the end of the day, you know, things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, that, when was that, that was Jody? When I got home, I was, I was rushing to get home before the snow hit because when I woke up, the, after I got home that night, I woke up and we had like two inches of snow on the ground, so... It, yeah, it dropped quick. I was fishing water that was full. I mean, I found water on that flat, you know, off the edges of the flat where the channels were running in. I was, I found 49 degree water after those cold nights. And, but as soon as I hopped up on that flat, I was still fishing 57 degree water. And uh, so that water didn't have a chance to cool down much. And, and the fish that were laying in those channels, they weren't active. But as soon as you hit that three foot range, you know, I mean, those fish were active. Those were the fish that were. Very cool. Very and cool. Eric, uh, Eric and Jordan, where did y'all? I know Jody. You said you were staying at the resort. I'm guessing AJ was in the in the RV. Did, were y'all at the resort too? We we stayed at a VRBO that was actually on the property at Mountain Harbor. That was probably three quarters of a mile from tournament headquarters, and it was very wise decision. I mean, everything was convenient. We had time to you know shower before we went back to the to the dinners and the weigh-ins and um like i said the the resort was great and you know kudos to to aj and and those guys for the venue because you know a big thing is safety and i mean we had that place ourselves i mean we were there all week and we didn't see hardly any motor boats whatsoever and the ones we did were john boats and they were looking yeah. to, to go somewhere to hunt you know they weren't even fishing so i mean it was you know a beautiful place at a really interesting time with it being at winter pool but uh but, but uh, i mean you couldn't ask for a better place uh for for safety and 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 being able to to it you know the every ramp fished really big you know i mean there were several people at our ramp but hell i didn't see anybody you know we like I said jordan and i covered you know probably six seven miles a day and yet you know you might run across somebody and you know i, I passed through a pass through towards the main channel on uh sunday and um gentleman was like which way did you fish and i said i fished this side and he wanted to fish the opposite side and i mean there's a lot of good etiquette involved in this group and you know um you don't there's i don't i don't know of any drama that, that that's occurred in any of the tournaments that i've fished which is which is very refreshing cool how, how, how do y'all normally that's something that's always interesting to me are people staying in hotels camping uh at it's just one of the funner parts of kayak fishing. The community to me is is doing all that. Do y'all normally just rent a house or? It, well, it depends. The... You know, it depends. We we had Matthew Van that came up and fished the shootout. He spent three nights with us, and uh, you know, he, he came from Florida, and like uh, you know, we 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 take a trip to Venice, Louisiana to redfish, and and the first time we went down there, we we 
we were kind of surprised because there's nothing down there unless you nothing. <laughs> so I used um, to live down there. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, exactly. So when we went to Wachita, I was like, you know, I brought some steaks and some pork chops and stuff, and then we we cooked out a couple times. But yeah, I mean, uh, and then you know, I think Sunday, you know, Siddiqui came to our place, and and Ryan Lambert and Terry and. Uh, you know, we just had a nice little kind of celebration that, with some of our Tennessee people, and you know, Jody's super, you know, super nice. Didn't really know him that well, and you know, just I'm so glad he won, and and uh, you know, it's just a, it was just a, it was a really good time. Thank you. And I keep telling us that are still in bass, but I'm like, you. Am I back now? You're back. All right. So, yeah, I keep telling my bass boat friends that they need to come over and check out kayaks just because of the community that we have. It's so much fun, and everybody's hanging out, and like Jody was saying, sharing techniques, and just the community is night and day difference. If anybody's watching this and you're just now getting into kayak fishing, come out and try and fish a tournament. It doesn't have to be a Hobie, a big one right from the start. But come out and check it out and be a part of the community and, and see what it's all about. It's so much fun. Speaking of boaters coming into the kayak realm, you guys had a pretty big name there at the TOC. Pretty, pretty epic moment there for, for uh, the kayak industry. I was watching, uh, we had just finished up the Turkey Bowl here in Indiana. Because, uh, as I've said a, mi a million times, I screwed up and scheduled it on the same day. So, my boy Jackson couldn't fish the turkey bowl and uh, fight for the, the uh, championship again or the, you know, the, the win again. But, uh, anyway, we, uh, we were watching. We were sitting at the bar afterwards, uh, Murphy's Craft House, where we hosted our, our, uh, our way in. And we were watching you guys on live. And it was pretty cool to see the one and only Iconelli. Yeah. Man, that was awesome. You know, my the last day of the TOC, I had just packed my van up and had planned on driving home. And uh, uh, the 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 interviews and the and boss talk and stuff like that, it ran so late that I I didn't have a place to stay. And uh, I was fortunate in that uh, Morgan Prominence or Prominent what is Prominence. Uh, he heard me tell AJ something to that effect, and he said, hey, man, you can stay with me. Well, I ended up staying with him and Mike Iaconelli that night. So I got to sit down and have a beer with Mike and, and talk. And wow. I mean, that was that was the icing on the cake, man. <laughs> I got to tell my alligator story, and, and <laughs> it scared Mike. And, and he's a, a legit kayak, too, a legit yeah. kayak guy. He's, yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, yep. he's talking about coming down to Seminole, man, and, and, you know, he said if his schedule can can turn him loose, he said he would love to come down and participate. So so that, that leads me into my next topic, and, and you know, as we look at next year, um, even with the Tournament of Titans, we talk, Gerald Swindle was talking about getting into that. We got Jordan Lee, Michael Iaconelli, and a host of other guys. That's just to name a couple of the big names there. This has been a hot topic, though. Um, yeah. You know, we saw Dave Lafrebra win up at uh, it was uh, Saint Clair, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Erie, Erie. We saw Eerie. that, and that's when it 
that's when it really became uh, a talking piece. But as as competitors on the kayak side, and I don't know honestly your guys' history if any of you come from the boat side at all. I fished in a boat for years uh, before getting into the kayak side. But I'm curious your guys' take on this um, as elite kayak anglers, and I consider you that as qualifiers at the TOC. What what's your take on the possibility of MLF, BASS, and FLW pros making their way into the kayak circuits? Man, what what an opportunity for for me to uh, compete with them, man! I, I I have no problem with it, really. Uh, I would love to beat one of those guys. You know. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who can say that they competed against Mike Iconelli or or Randy Howell or, you know, I mean, and what if what if you do beat them? I mean, I mean, they're just like anybody else, guys. I mean, you know, they're going to have to get out there and find the fish like us. They're in the the the, the playing field is going to be a lot more level because they're going to be in kayaks and the learning curve. Ask Dave Lefebvre what the toughest thing was for him. It was taking a picture of a fish. Yep. You know. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah. You know, it's they've got to learn all that stuff along with it. And I think, you know, with them coming in, I think it's going to create a lot more respect from the boating world for what we yeah. do in the water, you know. Absolutely. Jordan, what's your thoughts, man? I, I would love to fish against some of those guys. I, I look at that as a big opportunity. And, you know, to fish against that level of competition is, is something you anybody always wants to do. And, yeah. you know, I, I would welcome – those guys to big events and even local events uh, you know i would uh love to take that opportunity and you know kind of see how things would stack up and um you know kind of compare my skills versus their skills or on the water uh, at some time or some place i mean that would be nothing but a cool experience to me yeah absolutely aj what are your thoughts on this my friend uh, you know, I've got an interesting perspective on it. It's, it's a little, it's a little tough though. I mean, um, I, uh, you know, I finished third, um, on Erie to, to Lefebvre. Um, and you know, he earned those fish. It was an awesome, um, time out there, but you know, the other side of that, that doesn't get talked about. I mean, we're all, someone's excited in the background. She thinks we're live. She's trying to get attention or something. Uh, but she, uh, because she hasn't yeah. had enough of it this year. <laughs> well, Watch out. Here comes so, the skillet. The other thing, um, you know, is as a director, um, we're working really hard to get more dollars into the sport. And we're working really hard to get more dollars into the sport for our kayak anglers, the people like Jody that are trying to, uh, you know, be professionals and, and are. But, you know, right now the, the pie for – for financial gain as a kayak angler is very limited and you're almost having to rely on tournament winnings to make a living doing that because the sponsor dollars aren't necessarily there. So when a pro comes in and I'm talking like a legitimate pro, like everybody that you just mentioned has well over millions of dollars in career earnings um, just on the circuit, let alone sponsor dollars. So right. when somebody like that comes into the game, and, and, you know, obviously they still have to get up in the morning. Win the tournament, you know, somebody like that has taken money away from this sport and helping the sport grow. And, you know, just from a perspective, I would imagine 
you know, out of anybody in that 50 angler field at TOC, winning $20,000 would be drastically more impactful into their life and career than, say, if Iconelli was fishing it. Um, so that's the, that's the other side of the coin. Um, but the reality is, is as this thing grows, you know, you got Bass putting an event out there, you got KBF putting huge dollars out, and you've got Hobie that's just going to keep growing. Um, there's more dollar opportunities and there's more um, chance for financial gain and there's more chance for notoriety for the anglers. And as all of that grows, maybe I won't like have this like almost protective feel where I want to see that money stay in our fraternity. Um, but you know, it's an open, it's a competition. It's open to anybody. Um, so, you know, if the anglers are welcoming it, then as directors, we should be welcoming it too. Wow. Great point. Yeah. Excellent. I, I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, we got your viewpoint on that because that's a definitely an interesting take. And, um, I don't know that I've heard that side of the coin yet for me. My thing is, I don't think just because we're in plastic boats and we don't fish on the Bass Pro Tour, I don't think that there, it's right for people to think there aren't some amazing anglers out there in our field. And I think, I think if you put some of our guys with, you know, those bass boats and those sponsor dollars on the big tours, I think they do really well. I think they do really well. It is a different game though. Uh, it's completely a different game. And so I think it's kind of cool to see these guys come in and see how they do. So I'm all for it, but you got me thinking, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You got me thinking there with uh, with your uh, viewpoint on that. So uh, I don't I don't think we got – go ahead, AJ. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's the right viewpoint, but, uh, you know, it, it is just another one. And, you know, Randy and I talked about it before the Gunnersville event because Randy was like, so do you all want me to fish this event? And, you know, I was like, Randy, I mean, buddy, it's up to you. Like, if if you want to fish this tournament, you know, you can you can do it. But it's not I don't want it to be about you fishing the tournament. I want it to be about everyone fishing in this tournament and you being a part of that, um, because I don't think there needs to be extra notoriety on kayak anglers fishing or professionals fishing kayak tournaments. I think the notoriety still needs to be on the kayak anglers. It goes back to the, the goes back to what I said about you know the opportunities for kayak anglers to make it and to 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 get their name out there are so limited. And I would hate to see resources being put into putting a professional fisherman that's also in a kayak tournament, um, you know, blowing them up as opposed to some of the amazing anglers that we have in this sport. But you know, he kind of said it best. He's like, you know, I get asked to fish club tournaments and things like that when I'm back home. And he's like, it's not really, he said, it's kind of a lose-lose situation almost. You know, you want to yeah. fish, but like if you get beat, then, you know, everybody yeah. gives you a hard time because you're so-and-so getting beat on your home body water. But if you win, then everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know. You sure don't won. Right, exactly. And so yeah. it's definitely a challenging thing. But like when we were talking to Mike afterwards, um, he like, we had a really cool time where we got to go over our schedule with him last year. We did, and we're going to release those videos and kind of get some, some promotion out of them um, for our upcoming events. And I'm just, I'm honestly, man, this guy was like, I had to ask him to quit banging the table because he was getting so excited every time I told him one of our next venues. 
and you know because we got the mic set up and it's like bam bam but he's like yeah man eerie dude that's awesome you know just pull on, <laughs> pull on Iconelli, yeah. and he was legitimately excited about our schedule and then when we weren't even recording he just looked over and he was like i want to fish one of those he's like this thing this thing is awesome he's like i want to fish one so i know that's going to be a conversation that we have um and it's going to be multi-layer you know it's going to be iconelli is an angler and then with you know hobie's affiliation with with iconelli like what that looks like and you know at the end of the day we're going to make the decision that's best for the kayak anglers that are supporting our series and and if he wants to be one and if we want to open it up and let pros be involved if if you know that are even affiliated with our company in that capacity, then, then we'll, we'll do it. We'll roll the balls out and, and, and let everybody play. So I, I want to put something towards you. Do you think that, uh, you know, the, the pros that, that want to drop down into this, this arena, do you, do you think that maybe the sponsor dollars would follow with them uh, and, and maybe help the sport in that way uh, at all? I mean, is that a possibility? Um, you'd have to think so a little bit. Um, but I think, that, you know, we're talking about different levels of pros, too. You know, yeah. there's there's a lot of guys that are out there trying to make it in every different capacity. And when we talk, right. about Randy, we talk about Randy and Jordan and uh, yeah. Mike, I mean, those guys, are, those guys are the top 5%. You know, yeah. and so those guys, the, those guys, it, it follows those guys. But then there's guys that are trying to make their name and, and pay their yeah. entry fees and all that. So but what has to happen, though, in my opinion, for sponsor dollars to want to come in um, heavier into the sport is is the um, the attention outside of, of our groups. Um, you know, the, yeah. the coverage of events, the excitement of it. And, you know, we're still building it. We're still trying to figure out how to do it. But there's a reason that some of these guys are household names. You know, yeah. they've stood on the, the biggest stage and held up the biggest trophies and they've had fan, you know, that 20,000, 30,000 people cheering for them in these arenas. And, and then it's a different game in that capacity, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that professional fishing was, you know, there wasn't a big crowd there. It wasn't a TV spectacle. So you know, there's things, you know, in this growth process and with our technology opportunities that are going to enhance um, what we can show, but also provide a different, um, you know, a, avenue for potential sponsors to get their name out there and to grow their, their, their business through this, you know, through this community and the uh, attention. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And uh, I, I agree with a lot of that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what you're saying is, is this sport is also, it's still in its infancy, really. I mean, it's not been around long enough to establish those, those huge purses and everything. And, you know, if it keeps going at this rate, you know, I think there's going to be a point where it's starting to do it exponentially. And I think it's going to be, uh, the sponsor dollars may come regardless. I agree. I, I agree with you, Jody. And, and, you know, the, the, but there's only so many places to pull it from right now. And, and, you know, you know, KBF has a lot of great sponsors that have been with them from the start. Um, and Hobie's got some great companies that we work with that are, you know, continually increasing their support of what we're doing. And so it, it is, it's growing and, and we joke about it, but I'm not like, I'm not really like joking that much, but it would be amazing 10 years down the road if, you know, you're presenting a, a check 
to yeah. somebody that on the TOC that had an extra zero on it, just, you know, yeah. from your, your, and you know, through what we're working on in our goals and our efforts, if this thing is growing, like we all believe it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm on obviously a directing side of, of the sport, but I'm, my full-time job is selling kayaks. And so I eat and, and breathe and sleep and sometimes don't sleep kayaks. And, yeah. and so if we all believe what this thing is really doing. Um, and, and in the growth that the potential that's there in 10 years, there's no telling what we're going to be sitting here talking yeah. about and what other opportunities are going to be available for, for the next generation of anglers. And even all of us that can still be doing this thing that we love so much. I mean, we're, we're all getting in here and things are happening and there's a lot of going to be a lot more opportunity in the future. I, I believe that. And I'm working towards that. And I know everybody that is involved in this, this podcast tonight believes that wholeheartedly as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself there. So, all right, let's do this. We've talked a lot about, uh, we've talked a lot about this year. We've talked a lot about the current climate here. Let's get into 2020 a little bit. You mentioned the schedule a couple times. You've dropped a couple of the lakes, but just in case somebody listening to this hasn't seen the schedule yet, let's go through this. I'm going to say dynamic list of lakes because I mean, it is, it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty epic list here that you guys have put together. Um, so let's start with number one, Lake Seminole in Georgia, February 1st through the 2nd. That's your, you're kicking the season off there. That's going to be, that's going to be a good one. Why not Florida though? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on the border. Well, yeah. I mean, Seminole yeah, Seminole's in Florida a little bit. You're you know, you're gonna minutes, need to have out there, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'll be really honest. You know, um, there's a lot of things that go into, um, you know, scheduling, and, and Florida has some phenomenal fisheries. And I would love to have an event in Florida in the future, but things worked out really well for us to go into Bainbridge, Georgia, which is very close to Florida, and, and in a lake that is also partially in Florida and does have Florida strain bass. So we're, we're kind of close there. Um, but it, Best of it's an opportunity. Both worlds. Yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity. We, you know, there's going to be two great rivers feeding that lake. Um, both of which have, um, shoal bass. Um, it, it's an early season opportunity. Um, the potential for an absolute giant bass is, is going to be there. Um, but it's a lake that doesn't land on national kayak schedules very often. Um, I don't know if it's ever been. I know some Georgia clubs fish it and some Florida clubs get up there and fish it. Um, but I don't think it's ever landed on a national event um, schedule. And that's about what we want to do. I mean, we want to give new opportunities to our anglers. I mean, we want to check, uh, you know, bodies of water off the bucket list because that's part of the experience and part of the appeal of traveling as a kayak angler. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's just going to be a really unique fishery. Um, that time of year could be difficult, but it could also be extremely rewarding. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think all three of these guys are planning on being there. And at least I hope so. I don't know. If, I don't know if Eric's got enough vacation days banked yet, but, um, he might be awfully sick come early February. <laughs> I, I, I know for me, that's, that's my number one. Yeah. All right. Jordan, Eric, you know, Jody. Be an old peach orchard. Seminole was a peach orchard before it was a lake. It's a it's a man-made reservoir, but it's got all those those peach 
uh, trees still, all the stumps and stuff are in them, and you got miles and miles of pads, you got miles of grass. I mean, it's it's going to be, and that time of the year on Seminole, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be, you're going to be banging some big fish down there. Jackhammer time. <laughs> Jackhammer, baby. <laughs> and a red rattle trap. Red yeah. Nah, Cody will go down there and whoop everybody on a black and blue Cinco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. John so, Stewart. Yeah. Um All right, here we go. Moving on though. The second one and this guy's sitting in uh the house with you AJ. He's got to be excited about this one. We're going to Matthew Scotchland, Lake Fork. It it is Matthew Scotchland, but he does not particularly love Lake Fork. It's been a, a challenge to him. Now his his buddy Guillermo, um, that's his favorite lake. So I know Guillermo's excited, uh, but um, you know, and, and I'll just speak on it real quick. You know, Lake Fork has been extremely open to kayak tournaments and anglers, um, and some of these other big name lakes in Texas have not been very welcoming. Um, and it's not necessarily because we're kayak anglers; it's because um, there's so much other demand for bass boats and other tournaments to come there that they just aren't seeing the need for, you know, extra stuff. So, um, Lake Fork's always been welcoming. It's a bucket list fishery. It's very easy to get to from Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, even the New Mexico guys, are, uh, you know, Matt Ramey, he, he won, he's a New Mexico angler. Um, he came out there. I know they're bringing a crew. Um, and that's another I mean, we're talking pre-spawn. Um, the the restaurant, the restaurant um, at our host area last year is called Tiffany's. Anybody that's ever been to Lake Fork Marina Motel knows about Tiffany's. It's all about the pie there. But there's like a little there's a little newspaper article and it talks about this guy that had the most phenomenal day ever, and it was like mid to late February. And I, I've I've been going there for like eight years fishing the TOCs and things like that have passed, and I read that article every time, and I'm like. February and so it just it just played out perfectly for us to come there this year in February and it's another opportunity for an angler to check off a bucket list lake but also I mean a chance at a true double digit a true giant um you catch a personal best whether it happens in pre-fishing or tournament day like to be fishing in a body of water where you could do that adds a level of excitement that any bite that you get it could be the biggest fish you've ever seen. And I don't care what, how big your personal best is. Lake Fork has fish that are bigger than that. That's right. Truth. All right, moving on. The next one, Lake Norman, Mooresville, North Carolina. Yeah, you know, and I'll be really, I'll be the first one to tell you that I, I don't know a ton about Lake Norman, but we had some opportunities there, and there's a there's a collaboration with the Queen City Kayak Fishing Club out there in Charlotte. So it's going to be an opportunity for their anglers to, to see what we're doing and um, be a part of that. And, and everybody that I've talked to, though, you know, and I've I reached out to a good amount of people in that area. They're like, March is straight fire. Like, March is it's happening. So, um, you know, it's a dock lake. It's, it's going to have, um, you know, some different opportunities for our anglers. Um, but some big spots are available, um, you know, in, in good size, large mouth. And I think it's just going to be uh, a good opportunity for people in that part of the country that haven't had an event. Cause I mean, we, we had a satellite in South Carolina and we had a satellite in West Virginia, but 
that, that area of the country has phenomenal fisheries. It has amazing anglers, great groups of anglers. And we wanted to put something in that part of the country that those anglers could, you know, feel comfortable going to in a, in a short period of time from the house and, and have a chance to really compete in this series. Who said North Carolina, AJ? What's that? <laughs> it's me, it's Hank. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm coming for you. I can't wait to see you, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be a great event, fellas. I hope I see you all there. hope so, too, man. All yeah. right. Hank. A cameo. That's right. A cameo, nice. yeah. Hank jumping in there, weighing in on the 2020 Hobie season. He's pretty pumped up for Norman. Yeah, you all are doing a great job. Brian and I are listening here. We're sitting in chairs just following along. It's a great thing. Well, you know, I miss, I miss seeing both of you guys at uh, at these tournaments. Uh, you know, always always a pleasure to see you guys, no matter where we're at. Yeah, y'all are killing it. Keep it up. All right. So next stop is a big one. Fan favorite, Lake Erie. Yeah, that that was uh, not talked to. I've got some good connections up in Pennsylvania. The kayak anglers, a group up there, uh, was very uh, helpful in working and in, in, in interested in this opportunity. And can't thank those guys enough. Um, but we're talking like smallmouth spawn. Like if that doesn't get you excited, right. I don't know what does. And these are giant smallmouth. I mean, we're talking like five legitimate chances at six pounders. And they're just going to be stacked in there and you're going to see them and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to, uh, they're all already saying, they're like, Oh, everybody wants to St. Clair, St. Clair, St. Clair, but we can't wait to show you the totals of Erie in May. And uh, I'm excited. And you know, a small mouth, like they are straight up after my heart. And that is um, my favorite species by far. So to get a chance to hit a, hit a trophy fishery like that at the right time of year um, is just a phenomenal, phenomenal offering for for anglers and i hope i hope we see a lot of people come up from the south but also you know i know the northeast guys they're like you know erie and pennsylvania is not close for us well you know that's um, we're gonna keep working our way up there to you guys and we know that you all have some amazing fisheries up there but you know that that spot in in pennsylvania is an, a good middle ground for for reaching plenty of kayak anglers and uh show out we see where you're coming from and we that helps us figure out where to land for for following years. So I think that could be a phenomenal event. Some huge totals. We're talking personal best smallmouth, and it's going to be a good good time. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of buzz in the, the anglers in, in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's part of why Iconelli was excited. Was it's not just the schedule and where you're fishing, it's the times you're fishing. Yeah. You're hitting the pre-spawn, the spawn, you're following yeah. it just right. And if you're the one who made the schedule, congratulations, because you did it. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I, you know, I'll, I'll just live vicariously through all these competitors uh, getting to fish these amazing fisheries at the right time of year. I just hope, and I hope they save me some for Monday. I, I, might, I might squeak out an hour or two. And then, and then next, right after that, hitting Kentucky Lake in what June, the right time to get offshore, catching big megas offshore. Yeah, and and it can be like that, but Kentucky Lakes really take some some changes over the years. And and what we found out 
is that there are, um, you know, there's some great shallow water opportunities when the traditional ledge bite is going on. Um, and then the smallmouth, like we're seeing more smallmouth and bigger smallmouth. You know, the Tennessee River is is got amazing smallmouth genetics and it culminates there um, on Kentucky Lake and the same thing with Cumberland River on Barkley. And yeah, you know, there are Asian carp there um, and they're working really hard to eradicate that situation, but there's also still bass there and there's some true trophy sized bass and um, they, they might be doing different things than what they were three, four years ago, but they're still there. And I know that our anglers are going to figure out how to catch them and we're going to see some big totals um, and it's going to be a good time. That's kind of, you know, that event, it's special for us. That's the original Hobie Bass Open. That's what started it all. Um, there's been a lot of our bass anglers that have qualified for the worlds through that event. And it's, I mean, it's a special deal. So, you know, Kentucky Lake always has a special place for us and they roll the red carpet out for kayak anglers. They love when we come to town and it's going to be a, gr a great time. Yeah, and you the, can't really, have a national tournament series without a Kentucky Lake event. I mean, that's just a classic right there. It is, and, and it's so it's centrally located. And, you know, there's so many different states can be represented at that event. And I think that's mm -hmm. what makes it really cool because uh, it kind of draws in the south and the north and the Midwest. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, so many kayak anglers can be six to nine hours away from that tournament and really, really have a good time and, um, have a great fishing experience. And the, the land between the lakes area is just, if I had to think, look at your schedule and say that there's one great family tournament where you could bring your family and fish, that'd be a great one to go to. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, and Kentucky Dam Village is a great um, place uh, for the family to hang out all day uh, while you're out there on the water. There's a lot of cool stuff in that area um it's it you're 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 right i mean it's a good good spot to do that and it's summertime this year hopefully the kids still aren't in school bring the family out we'll have a good time cool. yeah and moving from one awesome fishing community to another heading up to lacrosse wisconsin mississippi river yeah yeah you know it's lacrosse has been getting a lot of play recently kayak tournaments but also all the national entities and those guys have done a great job of just welcoming anglers. Um, you know, one of our, um, you know, fellow kayak anglers is, is, he's very responsible for that. John up there, he's, or, I'm sorry, Jeremiah up there is, is, yep. is just killing it um, in, in, in growing the sport in that area. And um, he was very receptive to us coming up there. You know, it's the middle of summer. We want to be in a cool area. Um, we don't want to be, you know, having anglers just burning up. And, um, you know, they, that's just such a unique fishery with so many different opportunities. Um, and we were excited to, excited to get up there. Um, it'll be, it'll be fun. And, uh, there's going to be a lot of fish caught and, uh, hopefully there's a good amount of anglers coming in from the Midwest, um, and, and really showing out for, uh, for one of their, their premier fisheries. Absolutely. And I then from the problem. mighty Mississippi to the dirty D. Yeah, the Delta, all the way out to, to Cali. Um, you know, the California Delta, we've all seen, you know, professional tournaments out there, and they're just just getting jacked on giants out there. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of opportunities out there. There's grass and frog fishing and, 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 and punching and all these different things. But another place where you have the potential of a true giant. Um, and I know the California Delta is vast, and 
Um, we're going to dial in our boundaries a little bit as it gets a little closer to that time. Um, but it's a, it's another one of those bucket list fishing opportunities. And I hope that the, the Western anglers out there, I know they want more than one event. Um, and we'd love to grow it out there with those guys. They've got a phenomenal fishing community. Um, and I'm so happy to see those guys came out to the, you know, that qualified for the TOC made it. Um, and we, we want, as this thing grows, we want to give them more. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what the numbers for that event are going to be. And there's plenty of anglers from this side of the country that are trying to figure out how to get there because they want to, they want to fish a certain number of Hobie events and they want to check things off the bucket list. And, and that's a great opportunity to do that. Hey, the guys better watch out for Otraba though. Jacob's Jacob's no joke out there. Hammer. He's a hammer, man. Dude, I'm telling you what, you want to talk about somebody that's just raking in the cash kayaks and on the co-angler side. That dude's been super impressive. But there's but that's just one name, man. There are so many big names out there. And because they don't have as many tournaments, they maybe don't get the recognition that some of these guys here in the southeast and midwest do. But uh man, I'll tell you what, you start bringing them guys out here, be a whole nother game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So from from California, heading back to Arkansas. Yeah, you know, Arkansas is another just like just perfect location for a large group of kayak anglers to, um, you know, to be able to come and participate in uh, the Arkansas River, Lake Dardanelle. Um, it's a it's an awesome uh, fishery. It's on every, um, you know, professional schedule. Um, it's one of those places we've we've watched the the pros compete in, and um, it's definitely um, it's definitely one of those places that um, we wanted to get to. Uh, Russellville was excited to bring in a kayak entity and and work with us. And you know it's September, fall fishing tough. Like let's just be real about it. It's not going to be an easy yeah. tournament. But the cool thing is is that you're going to have three anglers that qualify. You're going to have some serious cash paid out. And it's going to be another good tournament. Um, you know, sometimes these things can't be can't be perfect as far as the timing goes. But um, you know, if I'm fishing in September, I'd love to fish an area that has a lot of tributaries, a lot of backwaters, a lot of grass. Um, so hopefully, all those things are going to be in play for that event in in September. Absolutely. And then we round out the regular season in Alabama on the an East hour away. Chain. Right and by and the I'm, house. Seeing, I'm seeing some smiles and some grins. Thanks for that one. Yeah, yeah. So we got a couple guys, two or three maybe, that are excited about this one. But, uh, yeah, Coosa River Chain. Yeah, and, you know, the Coosa River Chain represents a lot of different waters. Um, and, you know, we don't officially have our boundaries out, but our headquarters is Gadsden, Alabama. And Gadsden was so excited to work with us as a kayak entity and really bring something new into their community. You know, Gadsden's right on um, Lake Neely Henry. Um, so obviously that's going to be in play. And we, we're looking at some of the other waters right around. So we're talking about the upper portion of the Coosa. You know, a lot of people might be familiar with the lower section, um, but we're going to be probably up in the, the northern, northeastern part of the state for this one. And, you know, it's there's some great spots. There's some good uh, lake fishing going on. Uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of put these, um, you know, two lakes out there um, or three lakes, depending on how that plays out for, um, you know, for anglers that maybe, you know, nationally aren't aware of what these lakes are and what they provide. 
Very cool. Very cool. So that rounds out our season. Now, you know, we've heard from AJ. Let's hear from you guys as the anglers. What do you guys think? What are you excited about? What's on your list? What are those uh, must stops for you guys? Jordan, you want to kick us off, man? Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'll probably end up going to Seminole. Um, uh, I know Norman's on the list, as well as you know Kentucky Lake, as always. And, and you know, as a as a river guy, I'm really happy to see the uh, Coosa chain on there. You know, I've I'm not sure if it's going to be in bounds or not, but I, I've been on Weiss, which is pretty close to that area. If I'm not mistaken, and I, I really enjoyed being on that fishery. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the, the schedule this year, and hopefully, I might make one of the other events a little further away. I, I like I really like to go to Erie and you know possibly uh, uh, the one in uh, Wisconsin up up there to uh, up Mississippi. That'd be La yeah Lacrosse. Yeah, that that would be nice. I, I like to go up there. It's been somewhere I've always wanted to go to, and you know this this year is as good as any to go up there. Absolutely, Jody. What oh, do you think man. about yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, definitely Seminole, uh, <laughs> Erie. Uh, I love lacrosse, man. I, lo- I like that area. It's it's a unique area. It's got. I mean, I bet there's ten or eleven different kinds of grasses that grow in that area. It's just a really vibrant fishery. Uh, I love lacrosse up in there. And, and Nor- uh, Norman's only about two and a half hours from me, and uh, that one's definitely on the list. Um, and I'll probably try to swing over and, and do the Coosa chain too if I can. But uh, definitely those four. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Eric, what about you, my man? Yeah, so it's a kind of funny story that I started a new job the week before the TOC, and so I literally took my second week, and I, I just didn't work my new job, but I kind of factored that into the, the interview process. The so, uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I've got Lake Norman. Uh, you know, I've got a guy that actually fishes local with us that uh, that knows a little bit Eric. about that lake. Um Certainly, Kentucky Lake is is pretty close to me. Coming from Knoxville, and then uh, the Coosa River chain. But I, like Jordan said, you know, we we travel pretty well together. So if we can swing a trip up north to Wisconsin or Lake Erie, we had such a good time at, at Wachita. You know, Jordan's a ramp hopper. He'll fish four or five different spots in one day. And I was like, I'm not that way. I said, you just come back, pick me up. I said, so you drop it <laughs> come back, pick me up. I'll make the best of a bad, bad decision if it's not a good area. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we, we, make the, we make the best out of the trip. Uh, we yeah. actually, while we were down there for, for a week, we actually played golf when we were pre, during pre-fishing for TOC. Yeah, we played golf on the Friday Dang. before the tournament just to kind of decompress, and it was cold as hell, and we bundled up and played golf and, and decided, you know, we, we we knew we could catch fish. We knew what we were going to do. I was like, why, why beat our head against the wall on Friday? Let's go do something else. So, How about you? I don't know if I could do that. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Who did you ask? AJ. Yeah. Um. So – I, I mean, I'm excited about Seminole. I'm excited to get the season started off. I want there to be some giant fish. Um, I, I, you know, I just think the first one of the year is just such a big tournament. Um, and, and I, I, so Seminole's definitely like the one, um, but I'll, I'll be very happy to look at like 90% smallmouth up on Erie the whole time. 
um, you know, that, that'll be, those are probably my two from, from a judging standpoint, um, that I'm looking forward to the most, but, you know, from a, from a tournament, like just organizational standpoint, uh, Kentucky Lake is, uh, you know, that, that's kind of like home, man. I mean, I'm from Kentucky, but that's like four hours away, uh, from where I grew up, but those people at Kentucky Dam Village, like they're ready for us every year. They, they, they know us through the kayak group and, they've done so much for, for us and the, the people up there are just so great to, to our anglers. And, uh, I'm looking forward to some other places kind of showing the same love this year, but Kentucky Lake has um, always been good to us. And, and I, and I love giving back to their community. Um, and, and that's p- part of this whole thing, you know, these communities are supporting kayak anglers and these tournaments and, and part of that's giving back to them. And, uh, you know, with, the issue with uh, Asian carp there, you know, they've, they've been hit, you know, it, it hurts their tourism. It hurts some of those things. And, you know, so knowing that we're coming back to a community that really needs it and wants it um, and, and we're giving back to them, and they've given so much to us. It's, it's a really rewarding to give back to the community and help them out. Very cool. Very so cool. Uh, yeah. which ones, which ones Christine excited about? Uh, she is so excited about all of them. Now, I'll be real honest, like those two in February are cutting into her ice fishing time. So she's not really happy about those early season tournaments. Um, but doghouse for those, huh? Yeah, no doubt. But the fork's always been a little tough for her, but she's got some revenge there. Uh, you know, she's got to um, defend her title on Kentucky Lake. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, but I think she's, I think she's, um, she's going to try to fish a few. I mean, she's excited about all the other, uh, organizations coming out with stuff too. So, um, she's, she just gets excited to fish and compete. Um, and as long as she doesn't, you know, work herself into, you know, uh, just, uh, the mental game of it beforehand, she's, she's ready to go for any of them. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, good stuff, Dan, you know. What what do you uh what do you think of my man? For me, it's Seminole too. I mean, Coosa River that's only an hour away. My mother and father in law have a house on Lay, but um yeah, just an hour. Neely Henry, really looking forward to that one. But Seminole, like you said, AJ Giants. I love to throw a rattle trap. I'm gonna have to get better at that jackhammer apparently. And uh <laughs> yeah yeah Seminole. My my old fishing partner he caught a nine there in another tournament. So yeah. Well, while we're on the, uh, we're still talking about Hobie and things like that, and you're a sales rep. Now that the 360 is out, I don't think we can have a, a Hobie discussion without actually talking about Hobies. And, and now that the videos are coming out after I cast, is it, and I know everybody hates the term game changer, but I think now seeing the videos, it's even more of a game changer than what everybody thought it was in the beginning. And how... Is it, has it even, I know that you're fishing in one, is it, and we have two other guys who fish in a PA. How has it changed your fishing? I'm just curious from somebody who's actually been in one. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and sorry if it does sound like a sales pitch, because I, I, I have no. trouble turning it off sometimes, but um, this, what it does is it completely changes how you can control your the, the positioning of your boat. And fishing is all about the positioning of your cast and angles and the presentation 
So if you have a system that allows you to control your boat more effectively and efficiently to make that perfect cast each time, you're going to put your bait in, in, in the, the highest percentage spot uh, the most. And that's really, that's really what we're all trying to do. You know, we want to make the right cast. We want to be in the strike zone as long as possible. And having that ability to, to move inches back one direction or inches over or hold your boat facing one direction with a, a wind or current hitting you broadside um, that is that is something that we've never been able to do in kayaks before, even when you put trolling motors on them. So from from the way from the ability of just boat positioning, um, there's there's really nothing that can compare to it, and it, it has changed the way that you can make casts, which can ch- change the way that you present your lure to fish, which is ultimately what we're all trying to do as anglers. So and, I mean, it's it's legit. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun and like. I had a, a discussion with a friend back home today. He was like, Hey man, you know, PA 14 or PA 14, 360. And I was like, well, I was like, you can't go wrong for one, but don't, don't demo a 360 if you're not prepared to buy it. Because, you know, if you just go and get a 14 or you demo the regular PA 14, it's going to be phenomenal. It might be the best, one of the best boats you've ever been in. But if you go ahead and demo the 360 and get it in 360 it it will spoil you especially if you have a chance to fish out of it because you can't do things in a regular pa that you can in a 360 and you know it's just once you get used to that um it changes the way that you position your boat in situations um and it's it's hard to go back I'm, I'm, it's very difficult to go back I'm I'm seeing a lot of the 18, even newer boats, 18s and 19s going up for sale because people want to move over to the, the 360, 360. Eric and uh, Jordan, are, are y'all going to make the switch? So I, I will eventually make the switch. I, I see the advantages. I, I'm very fortunate. I've got a 2018 PA14, and I have several several backup drives, which is is kind of the only reason that you know that I'm sitting here thinking. And I'm I'm really hard on boats. I look at I look at my kayak as a tool, and um, you know that's why I have backup drives because I need them. You know, so uh, <laughs> the, the 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 thing about the 360, I, I I'm in agreement with AJ. I think if you get in one, which I have not, because I know if I get one, I'll probably end up with one. Um, you know, you I know the drive is 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 bulletproof to some degree with the kick up fins, which I think is great. But yeah. I really like the the thought of having backup drives, and and honestly, you know, for me that hole of that Hobie is hands down and i've been in all of them it's hands down the most ergonomic comfortable and what i call fishability you don't have to think about it you get in it and you go fishing that's it you don't have to do anything to it now you obviously can do whatever you want to it's got the capabilities to accessorize but i mean you literally just get in it and go and that's what i love about it i mean i can be off my trailer in the water and a rod and reel in my hand casting in a matter of minutes. And, and that's, it's just hands down the best decision ever made was to go that route. Jordan. We might've lost Jordan. I don't see him oh, on okay. right now. So I, now, think, Jordan, I think Jordan is actually going to get a three. Well, I'll take that back. I think he's going to get a 2020 with kick up fins. If I'm right on that, AJ, I, I, and you probably know yeah. better than 
to go on that. That sounds right. Yeah. And I may very well get a kick up drive, so I still have backup drives because I, I so totally see the value in that. Um, but I, I'm I can't see me ever fishing out of anything else. And um, you know, I, it's shocking to me that people fish out of other things. But again, hey, come on. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> hey, oh, well, Jody, you've uh, hey, I put people on the hot seat here. Come on now. You know, I ha I have to be honest with you, man. I, I actually fished the TOC in a, in a 2020 PA 14. Dang it, you beat me to it. I was getting ready to just rail you on that one. <laughs> yeah, with, and 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 dude, you love the kick up fins. I, that's one of the features of the drive that I really like uh, a lot about that that boat. I mean, it's an amazing boat. Uh, you know, rigging that boat was probably one of the simplest things. It's, it's the simplest boat that I've ever rigged. And, uh, you know, hands down, the, you know, having my electronics uh, so handy and, and the seat is wonderful. I mean, I just can't say enough good things about it. I mean, I, I have to be honest about it, you know. Uh, it's, it's a great boat, and, and I will own one soon, I'm sure. I mean, I've, I, I've, I've sold on it. I'll have to have one, whether whether or not I do anything else with it. But uh, I w I'm going to have one. I will. Hold I, on, I, hold I, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Breaking news. Jody <laughs> Queen, will you be fishing out of a PA next year? Um, maybe not uh, like you think what? I will, but <laughs> uh, no, oh. man. You know, I mean, I just like the boat. I mean, I don't have to fish uh, a tournament in it, or I don't have to do anything. I, Bonafide is, is is a great boat too. I love my Bonafides. I mean, there's I've fished out of several great boats, but you know, I am totally impressed with the PA14, and I I would like to have one for personal use, if if not for any anything else. And, and I will I would say though, if I fished one, one single tournament out of a certain boat and won twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> I might have to fish the next tournament out of that. But, that, you know, that, that mojo is a long, long way. That's uh, there it is. I've actually had the Bonafide 127. Now I have a Titan 12. If yeah. they make, if them merging, and are you going to go with a, I know the way that you fish now, you have a motor on there for most tournaments. Yes. If yes, they put the propel drive on a Bonafide, would you go with that, or would you stick with the pedal motor? Uh, you know, uh, I, I really... <laughs> oh, now we I, I really would, got them on. I would stick with the motor. You know, yeah. I mean... Well, I mean... I, when, I, can do things, I can do things with the motor that, uh, that, you know, you wouldn't believe, I mean, how I use that motor sometimes, but you know the, the propel drive on the Titan. I think is. I mean, I think it's. Uh, it's a great thing. I have been in the Titans before, uh, but I, you know, for me, I mean, the most impressive boat out there. It, I have some knee problems, and I can't really do the the whole pedal like a like a bicycle. You know, it kind of messes me up. And I, and the last time I, I used to have a radar, uh, and I, I had it for a little while, and I just if after I used it in a two day tournament, I would be down for two days. Uh, and one thing I can say about the Hobie is, is it's just, it's more of a natural uh, movement with it. And I, I, I pre-fished in the Hobie and I uh, actually fished the tournament in the Hobie and I have, I didn't experience any, any, any problems with my knees. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that would be one of the big sellers for me on the Hobie. I, I'd be able to fish the, the BOSs and, and uh, it gives me access to the, to a lot more uh, chances of revenue. So, you know, 
I have nothing bad to say about about, about the Hobie at all, man. I, they're great boats. I love them, and uh, you know, if it, in all honesty, I, I will have one. I mean, I, I'm just I've already know already know I will. AJ's over. AJ's over here like mm, converted another. <laughs> you know I, I'll, I'll wear that blame proudly but you know I, I my biggest thing with with any of these anglers and you know i i get it i get anglers that are on staffs um and have been that reach out to me and and you know i want them to just try the boat and if they like it then we'll have the conversation you know it might not be for everybody that's fine but you know i you know, being member of the the competitive community, I've I've had the opportunity to become friends and acquaintances with a lot of people all over um, the country. And you know, people um, you know privately reach out and, and ask me. And um, at the end of the day, you know, there's room for everybody to play in whatever boats their preference. And I've had guys that wanted to switch over, they thought, and then they went and tried a Hobie, and then they didn't switch over. And you know, that's fine. It, at the end of the day, though. You just got to be comfortable in your boat. You got to have confidence in it. And it's got to make you feel good when you get in and when you get out. And, and if, if your your boat's making you sore and you're not fishing days that you don't want to fish or, you know, you can't fish, um, you know, certain conditions, um, then maybe look at some other boats. There's a lot of great options out there at all sorts of price points, whether it's Hobie or not. You can get into a pedal drive for $1,400 and or you can have the ultimate pedal drive for just under five. And there's something in every shape, size, color, prop, fin, paddle, in between those numbers. Um, this sport's got incredible engineers and incredible manufacturers. And uh, try a bunch of boats. Go home with the one that fits you the best. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Jody kind of put himself on the hot seat, took the pleasure away from me. But I'm <laughs> going to put you on the hot seat now, AJ. We can't have a tournament director on this show and not talk about the topic of trolling motors. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's get right into it. 2019 motors were not allowed on the Hobie series. 2020 is it in the conversation. Um, so <clears throat> I'll go, I'll go super PC answer again. So we, we got to give about, me a little on this one. I gave you, you all the PC on the last one. I'll give you, I'll give you a little. So, okay. you know, we evaluate all of our rules in the off season, which we're in the process of doing that right now. We talked to some anglers, um, you know, kind of a panel and really get some feedback from, uh, the people that are supporting us throughout the year. Um, the reality, though, is that there's a lot of really good options out there for trolling motors. Um, it's definitely something that is a part of our sport. It is a part of our rules. You're allowed to pre-fish with the trolling motor. Um, but, you know, I've even had many people on the Torquedo fishing team reach out and say, hey, you know, we think it's cool that you guys are still keeping it pedal and paddle. Um and it adds a different element to our competition. And I think that for right now, um, that's a, a really cool area for us to continue to play into. Um, down the road in the future, um, there's no telling. Um, but, you know, we will evaluate that rule every year and we listen to feedback. Uh, 
for, like I said, pros and cons. Um, and, and not everybody gets their way. Um, but we hear you and we listen and we take, take that to heart and we evaluate it. Um, but I, I would say that that's something for the, for, you know, for at least, for at least next year. Um, that's not a rule that we're interested in, in changing at this time. It seems like right now with two other tours that are going to allow a motor, it seems like a differentiator that you're doing something different. And it's, it's something that y'all stand out by being powered personal manpower and you know some people really appreciate that and you know we've all heard the arguments um and and i understand the arguments and i understand um the abilities that that provides and 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 how it invites other people in and um you know we all get that but it you know if you want it to be a a a very competitive um you know kind of an athletic type of of competition um, where it takes stamina and it takes strategy and it takes all of these things because you're limited to the, the human, uh, element of this whole thing. Um, that's kind of, kind of a cool aspect of our sport. Um, and and, you know, like I said, we'll always evaluate it. Um, and, and it's, it's definitely, you know, motors have come a long way in the sport and they're going to continue to evolve and and things are going to change. Um, but, you know, really for two competition days to take your motor off um, and, and, and pedal or paddle around, um, you know, come on out. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, and, and, you know, you can still practice all week. You can save your energy for the weekend. But that right now is something that does differentiate us. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of positive feedback. Um, you know, like I said, some people can't say it like publicly, um, but privately I get a lot of positive feedback um from from that rule and um we kind of like having that differentiation um and you know like a lot of people don't mention like you know the bass bass um you know the elites they don't they're not allowed to use nets um you know flw is allowed to use nets so there's always like these differentiating things between entities um and you know that's just that's always going to be part of the sport there's always going to be differences uh you know the American League and National League and how they, they handle um, you know, yeah the designated hitter. So there's just differences. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it's part of it. All right. There you go. You got it from the from the man himself. So uh, thanks for being willing to uh, have that discussion with us. Um, you know, I was talking with my buddy Alan, Alan Reed, earlier today and it came up the motor thing and i don't remember how it came up but i don't know that there's a there's a right or a wrong here i don't know that it's actually an argument i think it's just you know i think both cases are right and it's just a matter of which one you want to do or not do um i don't think necessarily you know i think everyone says also an argument that'll go on forever but I think both sides are right. Like you can make a great case. And if you intelligently think about it, um, you can make a great case for both, both sides of it. So um, I, I think it's cool what you're saying, you know, and, and, and having that be a differentiator for you guys and being, um, being steadfast on that and, and really listening to the anglers and what they're wanting. So I think that's cool. Well, I, I think, <clears throat> I think your perspective is great there. I mean, it isn't, it isn't a, one way or the other, you know, it, 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 it's a rule in e- either event. 
And in any event that you participate in any, any sport that you participate in, you have to follow the rules of that sport, of that competition. And if you want to fish competitively, but you want to use a trolling motor, there's a lot of opportunities for you. If you want to participate in an event that doesn't offer that opportunity, there's an opportunity for you as well. There's a lot of grassroots opportunities in the Hobie additional to that on a higher level. So it's just, where do you fit in? What do you want? What is your craft, um, you know, set up best for? Um, and you know, that's, it, it's not right or wrong. Like you said, it's just, you know, you can fit into where you want to based on the rules and the requirements of, of every event. Um, and, and that's just that having options is, is better for, um, you know, for everybody. Absolutely. Yep. Well, guys, I think we've had some really great conversation tonight, and I, I'm enjoying it, and I could keep on going on forever. But uh, out of respect for you guys and your time and our listeners, we probably ought to start winding this thing down. So before I ask my, my final question of you guys, Dan, do you have anything, or Jordan, Jody, uh, you got anything you want to share? Uh, just to, you know, uh... I just, I just want to say, you know, thank you to AJ. I mean, you know, I think that there are at this point in, in the growth of this sport, there, there are pioneers still that are pioneer, pioneering the way for, you know, guys like me who, who want to do this for a living. And, and without them, you know, this conversation, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for people like AJ and Chad Hoover and, and you know, and what BASS is doing, and I, I just, I just want to say I appreciate it, and uh, I will support uh, all these series and the and the Hobie BOS series uh, with with all my might. You know, I'll I'll, I'll be at every one I can be at, but uh, just I appreciate you, dude. I, I thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jody. All right, guys. Well, I got one final question um, for you two to answer. And uh, that's, you know, we're talking about Hobie. That's what this is all about. We got a lot of people out there that are getting into the sport or maybe been around the sport for a little while and they've considered this Hobie thing and they've looked at Hobie and said, hey, maybe that's something I want to do. Maybe they're on the fence. Maybe it's uh, travel. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the motor thing. But what would you two now after you've fished a couple of these events and experienced what this is all about, what would you say to a couple anglers or what would you say to the anglers listening to this podcast uh, who are maybe considering fishing this in 2020? I mean, <clears throat> I would say, you know, look, look at your schedule and, you know, take a look at your, at your anglers, at your, at your local club and say, Hey, let's go and, and fish one of these because it's, um, you know, even though it's at a higher level of competition, it's still fishing, you know, and so you go out there and, and you do what you do to be successful at your, at your home waters. You have the opportunity to compete with some really good guys and, and to meet people and to learn more and to understand more of what goes on into what I would call kind of a, a more serious event because of what's at stake. You know, you're fishing for maybe two, three, four, five hundred bucks at your local trails if, if you've got a good turnout and then you go there and you're looking at potentially a four or five thousand dollar check depending on participation. I mean you're still doing the same things, but there's a little bit uh, you know a little bit more to it. And 
it gets you away from your home waters. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I used to play golf all the time before I got into the kayak fishing. And it's like, you know, some guys play golf great at their home course, but when they got away from their home course, they didn't, they, they weren't as competitive. So it just kind of ex- expands your, your skill set, you know, because um, yeah, I have no idea what to expect going out to, to Wachita and, we uh, we went out there with a plan and we we practiced and we, we had some success and we you know, we had some success on a very big stage with some excellent competitors. You looked around the room, there wasn't anybody in there that didn't have the, the ability to win that tournament, you know. And so it was it was uh, a lot of fun. So don't don't think you can't because you know you can. Uh, you know I'm I'm an example of that. I've not been doing that. I've not been doing this that long, but I've gotten better every year and I understand better now how to be competitive yeah you know i would just say that you know if you have a a dream of of a pathway to something as grand as as representing your your country in 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 a world competition there's no other pathway for for you to take i mean this this is it i mean um, you know if it's your dream to do this then you know the only thing that's holding you back from doing it is yourself you know uh check the schedules get out there do your research and it, it, it could be a dream come true for, for you if, if you uh if you do it so and you're not going to do it sitting on the couch so uh yeah i mean it's the the honor for me i mean when i seen ron champion you know i mean he's been to the world's twice and you know i think he won it once you know when i seen that video it was it was apparent to me that I wanted to take it another step and, and Hobie is, and, and of course, AJ is, I mean, they've created that path. So, you know, if it's what you want, if, if you want to take it to the next level, this is the way you go. This is the path you take. If you want to represent the, the, the United States in a, in a, on a worldwide stage, Hobie is, it has got the path laid out for you. You just got to get up off the couch and go do it, man. You know? And to to, J- to Jody's point, I mean, you're you're talking about what the equivalent of the Olympics is in kayak bass right. fishing. I mean, it's just it's, right. it's literally that big of a deal. And and um, I mean, it's 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 awesome to think that you have the opportunity to to win the money, but then you get the prestige and you get the respect yeah. from the community. And and there's just a lot of cool things that come with it. So um, so absolutely. And and you know, if you if you do well in your local trails, you know, step up your game and, and come fish with other guys because that's where we all started to. I also want to say congratulations to everybody who made it to a TOC. Somebody was going to be in the bottom five. You made it there. Congratulations getting there. Hold Just, your head high because you got, you know, some some best fishermen or fisherwomen in the country were going to go home and not, not do as well as they wanted to, but you made it there, and congratulations just getting there. Yeah, there's definitely prestige in just, in just making it there. You know, I mean, you know that when you walk into the place, you know, when you walk into the TOC, it, it's evident that you've done something to get there. And I mean, it's an achievement. So, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Well, congratulations to you guys on your 2019 seasons. Congratulations on making it to the TOC. Everyone listening who made it to that. That's an epic accomplishment right there. AJ, congratulations to you, my man, on running an amazing series that has had just some awesome, awesome reviews and feedback and just a great, great experience for these guys. You know, uh, that's something that you can definitely be proud of. 
Um, and, uh, you know, guys, give AJ some love. He's out here busting his butt and, uh, you know, trying to make this great for all of us. As he said earlier, he is one of us. Um, so make sure you give him some love when you see him out there. We appreciate you guys coming on the episode tonight. I think we might have set the record for the longest ever paddle and fin uh, recording. Sorry, uh, is, we're windy yeah. in a sack full of buttholes, ain't we? That, yes, that, exactly. Um, yeah. So, but it's been a good time, and uh, I appreciate you guys. Great conversation. I'm sure we'll have more in the future with you guys. AJ, man, uh, thanks again uh, for coming on, and I know you're feeling a little under the weather. So I appreciate that, and we've held you up for meeting uh, some nice, uh, some nice fried fish as well. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll we'll let you guys call it a night. And uh, man, we can't thank you guys enough for coming on and and sharing with us and our listeners. Yeah, thank real you. quick, right. th- thank you guys. Thank Thanks you for having me. Thank you for giving these anglers a platform to talk about their experiences, and that's what it's all about, man. And people are going to hear that and they're going to want to come out there and do this thing. So thank you guys for putting in the extra work after hours to share the stories, uh, with the other anglers out there, man. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, you guys, you guys have a good evening. We'll see you soon. Later. Thanks guys. Thanks. All right, man. Another all right, awesome man. episode. Holy cow. That was, uh, that was intense, man. We had, we had, what two hours of conversation with uh, some of the biggest names in the industry? You can't get better than that. Yeah, I wish I had a great Jody saying to put to end it all off with, but it was a uh, it was amazing. I mean, the best in the sport, the the best tournament series going right now for in my mind. It's just yeah, great show, great talking to them, and great information. Yeah, it was fun. Whole, whole different format than what we uh, typically do here on the Reel Down. I hope the listeners enjoyed that, uh, and thanks for hanging in there. If you've uh, if you stayed with us this long, we appreciate you, and uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be coming to you again next week. Uh, we don't have anything lined up just yet, but we'll find out. We'll find something good for you to listen to, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Reel Down. Later. Thanks for listening. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. Go check out the website, guys, paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the paddle and fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. 
It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.